Hello and welcome to Lit, a podcast for combating burnout. I'm your host, Kate Newberg, and this is episode 24. It's called How to Know If It's Time to Quit Your Job. Uh, I realize this is a really heavy topic for a lot of people, and um, I do not profess to be able to tell you one way or another what's right in your life. Um, but what I've compiled here from my own experience is um, a few tips that you can use if you're thinking about quitting. And even if you have already decided, um, this kind of thing, the exercises I have in this episode will be will be useful for you anyway to help anchor you in whatever you're doing next. So um, I th- I've been thinking about this because sitting on the fence really sucks. In fact, if you think about what it actually feels like to sit on a fence, it's really painful, <laughs> um, like literally. And then also just talking to a lot of my friends who kind of have a lot of these kind of nine to five types of jobs that um, aren't always really fulfilling to them. It, it oftentimes when talking to them, they feel like what I get from their conversation is that they feel a lot like they're kind of a feather on the wind and that they're kind of blown about by, you know, if there's new leadership or new priorities or new initiatives. And um, oftentimes if you are not a leader in a company, it can feel like you're just kind of at the mercy of their whims. And if you are a leader, you might not quite understand how powerful your decisions and your leadership, the powerful effect that has on the people in your um, in your company. And so, uh, a an image I really like when I was working at a school district was um, our assistant superintendent would say she's like um, if she's like spinning the lasso. And if you imagine someone like spinning a lasso above their heads, right, um, that they're holding a rope and they're spinning above their heads. And what she's doing with her hand, it's very small little movements, right? It's um, little, little, little circles with their hands. But if you look at the lasso, it is flying all over the place in this huge orbit. And uh, oftentimes that's how it can feel if you're um, on one side or the other. If you're leadership, you're making these small moves and, and you don't quite understand the seismic impact it has on those um, who you lead. And if you're being led, then you you feel like you're just getting whipped around. So, um, so this can be extremely frustrating. At the same time, you know that you don't want to quit your job on impulse. So the person I'm really talking to here, it's really anyone who's on the fence about quitting their job, leadership or no. Um, but in some ways, I've, it seems like I'm kind of speaking to people who are directly reporting to those above them. Um, so if if you are a, a top leader in a company, this is a good episode for you to think about, um, you know, what kind of coaching or reflection you can help um if people come to you frustrated or dissatisfied, um, this can be a good reflection exercise for you on where they might be coming from. So it's good for everyone, but I'm kind of speaking to that person who is um, maybe more frustrated in their job and and going to leadership, kind of on the outer edge of that lasso. So, um, but yeah, so quitting your job is a really big deal and you don't want to do it on impulse. And I know um, many people, and myself included, I've done this before, have kind of, you're in a job and you're not that satisfied and you don't want to quit with nothing lined up. So maybe you like, while you're in your job, you look for something else 
Um, and what you're doing is kind of like you're almost creating in that scenario. Sometimes you're creating your own feather on the wind uh, kind of criteria by jumping from job to job without maybe anchoring yourself in something deeper. So, um, so yeah, so what I'm going to talk about in this episode today is a good practice, whether or not, uh, you, you may have already made up your mind or you're thinking about it, or, um, you like your job, but it can always be better, right? So let's, um, let's jump in. This is some stuff that I have gone through. Um, and these are some of the steps that I took before I quit my last job. So the first thing I want to talk about here. It's something I've mentioned before, probably actually pretty early on in the podcast, but um, I'm going to reiterate it here in this context, and that is set your vision. So obviously, if you're not happy in your job, then there's some there's some sort of gap, right? There's some sort of gap between what you want and what you're actually doing. And this vision setting process is a really powerful way to articulate that gap. So um, oftentimes we're just, we just kind of feel this general or vague frustration and we know it's there, but we haven't taken the time to really examine, you know, what is in that space between what I want um, and what's possible, you know, what's possible and what is. And so setting your vision is a really powerful way to lift that to the surface. Uh, some questions you could ask yourself are, um, and these are some of the questions I ask myself, is what kind of impact do you want to make on the world? Um, especially if you're in a job, this is especially if you're in a job that, you know, professes to have a, a higher purpose, something like education or some nonprofits. You could think like, well, I came into this job, but, but it really could work for any job, right? It, in any job, you have the potential to make a certain impact on the world. So what is that impact you want to make? Um, I know that when I, the last job that I quit, the impact I wanted, I sat down to define the impact and I knew that I wanted to create um, viable systems that drove toward the goals of things like equity and inclusion and um and, and this was a school district. So like student, um, you know, student equity, teacher equity, and like to, to really make sure that that wasn't just like a bandaid or a stopgap at the end, but that it was something that was built into the systems. Um, so that we had like, it was like creating results we wanted with less effort. Um, and so I knew that I wanted to be working in the capacity of creating functional systems. Um, so think about that in your impact, um, in general, it doesn't have to be within the job in general, in the world, what, what kind of impact do you want the hours, those hours of your day to be making on the world itself? Um, and let yourself think big with that one. Think, and then you can, once you've done that, you can get, get a little bit smaller and think about, well, how do I want my daily life to look? You know, I think, you know, I wake up, I have my coffee or my tea or whatnot. Um, you know, what, and then what do you want? Um, I think I'll be talking about this. Oh, you know, I'll talk about this in this section. Um, there is, for instance, um, that guy, Tim Ferriss, who wrote for our work week, he suggests that, um, whether or not you own your business, like even if you are, um, someone with a boss in a company, um, you should advocate to work remotely at least a few days a week, right? So 
Um, because that gives you a lot more impact over your time, uh, you know, jurisdiction over your time. And it also removes you from some of the um, pressures of the workplace culture, which we'll talk about later on in this episode. But think about what you want your daily life to look like. Do you want to be spending the majority of your time working with people? Do you want to spend the majority of your time working on the back end with data or spreadsheets? Um, do you want to be building something? Do you want to be implementing something? Do you want to be strategizing about something? How do you want to use your in your daily life? What do you want that to look like? And this can also include um, like workload. So, um, and then, and again, we'll talk about this more later in the episode, but also thinking about your workload and like what, um, if you only have so many hours in a day, uh, how can you maximize the time you spend on the right activity so that you are making that impact and that the, um, the stuff that does come onto your plate is stuff that, you know, will be, um, will be maximizing your strengths. So think also about that. How are you going to use your strengths? And how is that going to relate to your daily life, the tasks in your daily life on the job? Um, essentially what you're doing here, and I think this is a really powerful way to look at it, is that you're creating a promise for yourself. And here's the thing. You already have this promise. Um, it's Sometimes it's something people don't want to admit because the second they decide or articulate this promise, then they are kind of bound to it. And they know that if they're, if they, if they stray from that, then they're breaking that promise to themselves. But here's the thing, you already have it. If you didn't have this promise to yourself, you wouldn't be miserable. So, um, the promise to yourself could be something like, I want to have joy in my job every day and make a positive impact on the world. And that's probably something you're carrying with you, even if you haven't said it out loud. So really what this vision setting is, in some ways it's aspirational and in some ways it's internal. Um, in some ways it's actually, well, what's already there that we just haven't talked about yet? So um, so really, really um, take some time to do this because it's going to be the anchor of what uh, whatever you do next, whether it is a different job, right? You could this gives you a very strong platform in a different job. You could, you know, as you're negotiating, you say, well, here's the promise I made to myself in whatever job I'm in. Can you accommodate that? You know, and that's a, that's a great place to bring it up. Um, but it's also a powerful platform in the job you have now. Um, so with that vision that you're setting, with that promise you're making, create a proposal. Because really what we're working toward here is having kind of a, a, a powerful meeting with upper leadership in this, with the people who actually can control whether or not um, your life changes on the job. So uh, so create a, a proposal about this. And we'll, and we'll kind of talk more about what that could look like in the, th in the third section here. Now, before you go storming your boss's office, you're going to want to do a little bit of internal reflection. So you've created this promise. Step two is this, is a, is a bit of internal reflection. And this is on looking at the patterns that you're enacting or the lenses that you're looking at life through um, that are making life difficult for you. Now, I want to have a caveat with this. Um, one of my approaches to burnout is that there's two way that there's a, it's a two pronged approach, right? On one level, you need to have empowered employees that self advocate. And on the other hand, you also need to have strong leadership that puts in place the kind of culture that creates space for that. So um, right now, in just this section, 
we are not looking at the work culture necessarily as, as a whole, as something you can necessarily completely control. We're looking at the things that you can control. And I'm not saying that this is a blame the victim type of thing. Like you can just choose whatever you want. And if you don't have it, you must not be working hard enough or, or whatnot. But um, it does put you in a place of empowerment when you think about both what, what am I possibly doing to create some of this? And also in the moment when you do go to your boss, you're going with this very clear lens, right? And, and you, you can acknowledge in this way, it's almost like you can, you can head off other arguments that might detract in that conversation from what you really want. Right. And so what you're doing here is you're just making sure that all that's taken care of. So some of the things to think about are, you know, what, what types of patterns am I enacting that may have gotten me to where I am today? And these can be difficult to see. Um, so sometimes it helps maybe to talk to someone who, who knows you, who could be really honest with you. Um, but you know, patterns could be something like, uh, not, you know, just hoping that everything will go the way you want when it doesn't, you get resentful or, um, a pattern could be something like not wanting those around you to succeed as much as you. Um, and these are tough ones to own up to. And I'm not saying that you guys all have this, but I, these are things that I've seen in the workplace. Right. And, um, and that I myself have had to deal with. So, um, maybe a pattern could, you could have a pattern of path, passive aggression, like, um, somebody in the office does something, you take it personally, and then you, I don't know, sabotage their, the copier. So I, I, not that you would actually do that, but I guess what I'm getting at is like, what is going on inside of you that is creating in some ways this reality? What are the lenses you have that are making life difficult, right? If your lens is that people are always out to get me, um, or I'm always, I never get what I want, or um, that person always gets the jobs that I want, like, just kind of take note of that. Because um, when you put yourself in this, in the victim stance, or whatever your pattern is, um, it, it really is going to prevent you from having the kinds of, the kind of empowered conversation that's going to give you at least the option of having the kind of work place experience that you want to have. Um, as we're thinking about this, now we can think a little bit about workplace culture. What kind of workplace culture do you want to work in? My guess is you want to work somewhere where people are trustworthy and positive and encouraging and honest or something like that. And then you can think about, well, knowing that culture is no more than um, you know, the contribution of every person, regardless of what that person did or when they left their coffee, uh, coffee cup out or whatever, regardless of anything else, think about what am I doing to either uphold or detract from that, from the kind of culture I want to have at work. And if you say something like, well, I can't be my best self because of this, this, and this person, then you're really giving away a lot of your power on what kind of person that you want to be at work. So, um, and then another way to think, think about it is, um, a couple other questions you can ask yourself is like, well, how do you handle it when it's not that way? You know, if, if the, if somebody does something that you feel detracts from the kind of workplace, 
workplace culture you want to be in, uh, do you shut down and, and go away? Do you, um, do you fight back? Can you create like a, can you address it in a way that's productive and, and compassionate? Like, how do you handle it? Right. Um, again, all of this to say that workplace culture is not, you can't change it single-handedly, right? But you can look at the ways you're either contributing or not contributing. And this is all if it's important to you. Um, and then one other thing to think about in as we're talking about these internal reflections is um, if you don't have the workplace culture that you think is helping you thrive, and odds are it's not helping anyone else thrive, right? Um, you're, that you're not alone in this. You could think about what you would need from leadership to make that kind of thing happen, right? Like, because culture really is set by leadership and really is reinforced by leadership. Um, now this isn't, this isn't to say that you should go storming into your boss's office and say that they're terrible leaders, but it is, but sometimes, um, you know, people are, are put in leadership positions that are experts in a certain area, but they don't have a clue about how to create like the more social, emotional dynamics of a, of a workplace. And, and that's all extremely important. So think about like, what would you need from leadership to make that happen? Right. And this is all just reflection questions. And something I would suggest is that you write all of this down, like seriously, pen and paper, write it down. I mean, you can type it if you want, but there's research that shows that you, um, that actually putting pen to paper, um, kind of, really anchors things in your brain um, and helps you think through the the reflections you want to have. So I would suggest writing it down. Um, so that's, that's the second phase, internal reflection. You know, what at the bottom of it um, to clear out all this stuff to create a space for the kind of conversation you want to have with your boss, you want to do some good hard thinking on, well, how do I react when things don't go the way I want them to? And what are some of the patterns that I might create that contribute to this, um, that I can stop, right? Uh, or that I do have control over. So first, set your vision. Second, spend some time with internal reflection. Now, three is where you go to your boss. Before I wouldn't, again, I would prepare first to have the discussion with your boss. And part of the preparation uh, in um, other than kind of creating this proposal is uh, decide in advance how you will handle handle yourself no matter what. Uh, these kind of conversations can be extremely scary. They can be extremely vulnerable and they might not go the way you want them to. Right. Um, and you can't necessarily control the outcome, but you can decide how you are going to handle yourself in, in, in this kind of situation um, and how, and how you want to bring grace to the situation, regardless of how it goes for you and what your boss says. And so um, one of the say, one of the things I would think about is from your boss's perspective, right? Think about how these changes will benefit the company um, you know, have that kind of in your back pocket. Odds are whatever benefits you is going to benefit the company or the organization. Um, and then listen, something I really encourage you to do is listen for how your boss handles the conversation. Does your boss seem to have a lot of courage 
in in taking in what you're saying in in actually allowing that to to penetrate right not through their filter of um oh i have like six meetings today or whatever it is but like it, are they actually fully present with you and is it penetrating um so listen for courage in that kind of listening and um and also look for excuses like um you know, if they say, gosh, I would love for you to work remotely, but I, if I did it for you, I'd have to do it for everyone. Probe that a little bit and say like, well, it, obviously not in an aggressive way or combative way, but, you know, probe that kind of thinking and say like, well, first of all, um, is that definitely true? Um, and second of all, like, what would be the worst thing that happened if you started granting that? Because there is research out there that shows that people who work remotely are actually more productive. So there's like, there's lots of ways to turn the conversation. So if they seem to kind of evade you, take note of that because really uh, what they're kind of telling you, it, uh, the subtext of that is uh, your, your work and your comfort as an employee and your needs as an employee are important to me or your needs as an employee aren't quite as important to me as maintaining the status quo or something. You know, there's, there's two ways to look at it. Um, and either way, either way it falls, it gives you information about it. Right. And then the other thing I would say is before you leave that conversation, have some concrete outcomes that you can nail them down to. So instead of like leaving it at something like I want more responsibility, and they say, okay, cool. And then you walk out and then you can say, oh, I did it. That, I mean, that's a great first step. But what you really want is from that, like, no, I want more responsibility. And what that means is I want this, this, and this role on this project or something. And then you can, you know, and then you've got something you can negotiate. And then when you walk out, you know that something concrete has changed. Um, you know, if again, with remote, if you want to work remotely, have something concrete, like, okay, three days a week uh, I'll be working from home, you know, and you know, you can work that out. Or it's like, if you want a smaller workload, um, that's something we can just say, like, I just, I want less work. And most people do. Um, but what could that look like? Could it look like more lead time for you in projects? Could it look like less busy work? You know, going back to your vision, um, when people oftentimes when they say I want a smaller workload, a lot of times what they're saying is I want more meaningful work and I want a smaller busy workload. But if you do want like less workload, think about going back to your vision and how you can make sure that what you are doing is really impactful. Right. And be very clear about that. Um, if you're asking for a raise, you know, how much and why is there, um, you know, comparison studies either within the company or outside the company, um, you know, given your skill set, you know, all these different things, why you, you know, why that, why a raise and then how, and then walk away knowing either that you got it or you didn't right? something very specific. And then, or something like if you really are having difficulty with the workplace culture and odds are, if you are, other people are as well, um, then you know, obviously you're, you're not going to walk out and see an immediate change in the workplace culture, but you could negotiate with your boss to have some concrete steps that they're going to take that you can hold them accountable to. So, um, like maybe they need to get a mediator in, 
to work with, you know, certain departments on communicating or a consultant or something who can come in and like really respond to the needs of the culture to create the kind of culture you guys want. And, um, and if they just say something like, oh, well, um, yeah, I want it to be better too. I guess we'll have potluck Fridays or something like just that's not taking concrete steps toward actually creating sustainable change. So, um, so make sure that your needs are heard, that they're very specific. And then when you walk out of the meeting, you have concrete things that you want to have accomplished from that meeting. And then the last thing is to watch, you know, if, if you leave that meeting and you made that promise to yourself and your boss cannot accommodate it and you, and whatever it is, if they have a counter offer or whatever, and you know that that's not quite the, what you promised yourself, that's a good sign that this isn't going to be the right job for you or that that leader isn't going to be the kind of person who's going to support you in really working to your fullest potential. So, so watch when you come out of that meeting, if your boss agrees to those things, do they follow through? If they say something like, I need to get back to you, set a follow-up date. Don't let them wiggle out of it. Um, and it's not always because they're trying to be cagey. Sometimes they're just really, really busy, but that could also tell you something, right? They're so busy that the promise they made to you wasn't, you know, kind of was the first thing that fell off the radar. Like that's important to know, right? We want to trust that our leaders have integrity and follow through. So, um, so really this was a, you know, kind of a whirlwind, uh, kind of a whirlwind number of steps you can take before quitting your job. And so, and the two biggest things that I would say coming, coming to a close are, um, first of all, when you've set your non-negotiables, when you've set your promise to yourself, live, live up to it. You, you don't really at that point have a choice because you've made it really, really clear what you can accept and what you can't. And, um, you know that on some level, if you don't live up to that promise to yourself, if you don't live up to those, those non-negotiables, you are going to be miserable. And, um, and so it's really, really important to hold that, um, in your integrity. And the last thing I want to leave you with is something I learned. Uh, it was a quote from Paul Selig, who is a, he's a, he's a really interesting guy. You can look him up, but he kind of, he channels, um, I guess he channels guides and Hey, I love Ram Dass's quote that is, uh, I get, you know, I, I, I take my lessons wherever I can get them. And if there's um, something that rings true, then, uh, wherever it comes from, it's like, it could be a fortune cookie. You know, if I learn from it, it's, it's worth it. So I try to keep an open mind about where I get my, um, my lessons from. And so this, this was an, in, in, I mean, it's an interesting medium, but it was a really beautiful quote that he, he said, uh, that I think about a lot. And he said, um, the higher self knows the small self thinks. And whenever you're on the brink of a big decision, right, quitting your job, you know, moving to a new place, whatever it is, and you're kind of on the fence, remember that your higher self knows what's right. And then your small self thinks. So you might in some ways know it, regardless of all these steps or however you're going to anchor it or whatnot, you might know on the, on your, in your deepest level that quitting your job is the right thing to do. And then if your small self starts thinking like, well, what about health insurance? What about paychecks? All these things. Um, just know that, that nothing is worth 
giving up on that promise to yourself. And so if something in you really knows, you got to go for it. (laughs) All right. This has been another episode of Lit Podcast for Combating Burnout. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that this gave you some food for thought. If you have any questions, please reach out and contact me. My email is kate, K-A-T-E, at deeppractices.com. You can also visit my website, deeppractices.com. Yeah, thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you next week.